0: Hello and welcome to the My Dietitian Journey podcast. My name is Adam, your co-host and producer with me of course, Felicia Praza of Peraza Nutrition and My Dietitian Journey. With us this time is Christina, the Hello. intern. I don't know your last name. I don't want to dox you though. <laughs> we didn't agree. We we're, we're, no contract or anything. You know, yes. so we can't discuss her full identity. But Christina's here with us as an intern. And I guess we'll just jump right into topics of discussion. We're going to go into the internship process again. It's a little different with Christina. We had Sophie on before. Um, Christina's got a different program, different perspective. So we're going to go through some things. Do you want to just brief introduction? Yeah, yeah.
1: My name's Christina. Um, I go to the University of Alabama. Um, I'm going into my last semester in, I graduate in December. Um, I'm from New Jersey and I've been interning with Felicia for the past, what, three weeks? Three weeks. Yeah. yeah. And it's been great.
0: So you're with University of Alabama. You're from Jersey. Is it a distance program or are you there? No, I go. I,
1: I like, I'm just home for the summer. Yeah, I got you. Yeah.
0: So how true is like the whole roll tide thing? Oh, that roll tide,
1: that, baby! Is that, is that, roll right. tide. Okay. Live, breathe, roll tide. Do you
0: know what that means?
1: <laughs> I've heard so many people say it, and yeah. I <laughs> do really know. So.
0: College football. Yeah, okay.
1: okay. so it's a, a big, big, deal. big deal. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So first things first. What made you decide to go into dietetics?
1: So, I would say I was very unsure of what I wanted to do. When I when I graduated high school in 2018, I did not know what I wanted to do at all. I always knew that I was interested in working in healthcare, but I always thought maybe the classes would be too hard, like I would just be miserable and be so busy with school, but then, you know, I was like, if that's the one thing I want to do, I might as well just just do it and push through so at first I wanted to do nursing and I switched my major to nursing and you know I just wanted more variety in my career I wanted to have more options so for nursing a class requirement was intro to nutrition and I took it and I really really liked it and I was just attracted to the diversity in the nutrition field um I genuinely enjoyed the class and I was just interested in it.
2: That's super cool. It's funny because I applied in college <laughs> to go um, for nursing or nutrition. Mm-hmm. So I was actually split between the yeah. two. I just also wanted to kind of work in healthcare. And then I was like, you know, I'll just go for nutrition. Took my first nutrition class and just really loved yeah. it. And so it's just interesting. But it's funny because I also teach the nutrition class with nursing students. Yeah. So you were con- conversion from Definitely, nursing yeah. to nutrition. So.
0: I'm sure it happens here and there. Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't have anything like that where I knew what I wanted to do. I changed my major like five or six times. <laughs> uh, you changed your major as well. Yes. Can you describe that process?
1: Um, it was hard to make that decision just because I didn't want to like not graduate on time, like falling behind and not graduating with my friends was kind of a barrier. But at the same time, I was like, well, I want to actually like what I'm doing. So I was like, it's worth it. And I kind of felt like at the time when I did switch my major that I was upset that I kind of wasted my time and money taking classes that I didn't need. But I realized it was worth it now.
0: Yeah. Don't lock yourself into a career. You hate. Yeah. I mean, that would be really miserable. Yeah. And why would you want to do that? Exactly. I a lot of people, you know, make that mistake. Yeah, I didn't want that. It's an easy trap to fall into. So where are you now in terms of college? Where are you at?
1: So, I'm going to be a fifth year technically, but it's my last semester like I'm going back in August, finishing in December, but I'll still be completing all my rotations once I'm graduated from undergrad technically. So, I just have a few more undergrad classes, my rotations, and then I'll be done.
0: So, we're going to we're going to go into the uniqueness of our program, right? Cause yeah. that's, that's pretty weird that you're, cause you're doing the internship and you're still in your undergrad. Yeah. That's a unique part of yeah. your, uh, yeah, I've never heard of that, but we'll get into it. Yeah. So, um, what's been the hardest part of your undergrad so far?
1: Um, I mean, just in general, I feel like nutrition classes are a lot harder than people think they are. I think you'd agree with that, right? Yes. <laughs> like biochem and stuff like that is is hard and it requires a lot of time and effort and studying so I would just say maybe time management and you know staying on top of all my classes at once yeah yeah
2: the sciences were definitely the hardest part yeah for me especially chemistry and some of that stuff unless you're going into like research you know yeah if you don't really use it much you just gotta so. push
1: through <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I feel like everyone hates chemistry except for maybe it's like hard. chemistry majors. <laughs> yeah, probably. I guess. I don't know. You have to be a unique kind of person. Like I I took <laughs> chem one and it was, it was pretty oh, yeah, it was even, rough. It was rough. I don't want to think about organic chem. <laughs> Gives me nightmares. Yeah. Um, what kind of work or volunteer experience do you have so far?
1: So in college I have done quite a few extracurriculars. Um, the main thing that I did was in my sorority, I had a leadership position. Um, I think it really helped me improve my public speaking skills, which is great. I feel like that's important. Um, and communication, for sure. And I also um, volunteered at an after-school program in Alabama with elementary school. So I like would go and help and tutor the kids. I love kids. I love working with kids. So doing that definitely was great for me and I also am part of the student dietetic association at Alabama so they look at that especially when you apply to my program your involvement in that and yeah
2: yeah the student dietetic association um, if there's a nutrition major at the college or the university that you're at definitely something you want to get yeah. involved in. Even if you're just a student member, um, you know, leadership position is obviously really great, but just being a student member, being actively involved, keeping log of what kinds of things like activities that you do with the organization um, really can definitely help. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Volunteer work is always important to be on a resume, especially any kind of, so you do you, do you have any kind of desire to work
1: with kids? I would love to work with kids. I know that I mean, out of college I might not just be able to go work at a children's hospital or something, but maybe in the future I would love to do that. I love kids and working with them, so. Is
0: that the route you want to go, clinical, ultimately?
1: Um, as of now, I mean, I've done my I haven't done my community rotation yet and I've d- did my clinical and I really really liked it. So that's kind of where my mind is right now, but that could completely change. I'm very open to other fields in nutrition I'm
0: just curious because that seems to be it's almost i don't know if it's fair to say it's a cliche but you know clinicals like the route and i always wonder if people want to go clinical versus if they feel pressure yeah. go clinical
1: i think i just i really liked um learning about different diseases and like medical nutrition therapy for different diseases i thought that was really really interesting and i actually enjoyed it so maybe that'll change maybe i'll like something different but
0: oh, as kinda, of now yeah the point of college, yeah. right? Yeah, figure it out, try things. <laughs> the internship exposes you yeah. to a lot. So there's, and there are, you know, a variety of types of internship. This is my mm. ultra smooth segue into our next topic. It's <laughs> totally not pre-planned Can you explain the internship program you're in currently?
1: Yeah, so I am in the coordinated program of dietetics at Alabama. Um, basically, it is a program that allows undergrads to start their dietetic internships um, early. Not because most dietetic internships are st- they start after you graduate. So I am actually still in college doing this program, which is great. It speeds up the process. Um, yeah, I applied in the fall of my junior year, which is the standard.
0: So the program, are you only doing internship rotations during the summer or do you squeeze it in during the year? Um,
1: so they're during the year and I had one in May, just for the month of May. And then this one is in the summer. So, and that that'll be it for in the summer. Other than that, they'll all be during the school year.
0: So you're taking classes full time. Yeah. And then after class, you're going to your, or you mix it in? It's kind of split
1: up. So, how it was for clinical, I had class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and clinical, I had Tuesday, Thursday.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That makes more sense. Yeah. Man, that's really handy to be able to mix that in.
1: It is. So it's great. Yeah.
2: The style. And actually, if you search on the Academy website, um, Eat Right Pro, you could find different dietetic internships. And so, the coordinated program is one of the ones that you would see on there. So it has, again, that didactic instruction. So the undergrad component, but then also that supervised practice to meet the competencies. So a a lot of benefit to that kind of style, um, are you I don't know if we have this as a, a question,
1: but were you also taking masters yes. program classes too? So I'm also in Alabama's accelerated masters program. I'm not sure if it's a thing at other schools, but I applied at the same time I applied for the coordinated program actually. And it allows me to take my undergrad classes at a graduate level, so it counts toward both counts towards both degrees. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Because technically I guess you'd be grandfathered into the whatever is it 23 or 24 where if you get your bachelor's yeah yeah but you're just gonna knock out the master's anyway yeah that's good that's smart getting ahead of the game man that's a really unique program the only other thing i'm not that i'm a college connoisseur but drexel university has like a a five year where you do a co op, yeah. You get experience. I think other
1: schools have stuff like that. I don't know about for nutrition, but yeah, I've never heard yeah. of it. For not that yeah, I would it's
0: know, great. but it's really <laughs> nice that that, is, that exists. Yeah, it's great. So They're getting uh,
2: more popular now with the combined programs, um, like the coordinated plus yeah. the master's component, because of the the requirement. Mas- yeah, yeah, the requirement for that, and then also if you're at that school applying for the internship you have a little bit more of an in yeah. to get in so that's just another benefit too of being there
0: because the barrier is already high enough to become an rd to begin with oh yeah so just working it makes in. it
1: a lot easier a yeah. lot less stressful that's good yeah
0: i feel like it should just be part of it regardless yeah always for every yeah. program
1: <laughs> i agree
0: so um What's unique about the program? Any benefits you've found to the style of program? I think we've um, talked about it a little bit.
1: Like I said, how it just kind of speeds up the process, makes it a little less stressful. Not having to worry about applying for a dietetic internship after I graduate is really nice. Takes a, took a weight off my shoulders when I got into the program. Um, also, with the group that I'm in, there's 15 of us. We're all super close because we see each other literally every day in class. So it's nice to like be able to have people to like talk about rotations with and do work with, study with. So that's great. I have made some of my closest friends at Alabama through this program. Um, and also just being able to gain classroom knowledge and hands-on experience at the same time, I think is really great and helps me learn.
2: That's super valuable, too, to kind of have your little cohort yeah. and uh, such a small group, too, because yeah. with my undergrad, you have people you're close with but then everyone kind of goes in different directions yeah and then my i did a distance program so i think there was like 30 or or 40 different interns there's quite a few of us but we were all over the place so having people that you're seeing consistently too probably builds a much much
1: stronger relationship yeah it's great it's really great
0: and you're you're building a network of other dietitians too while you're at it
1: yeah and everyone's from everywhere like alabama's half out of state half in state so i have friends from all over the country so if i ever want to move randomly to california i know people so yeah i'm sure you (laughs) know people all over seattle texas wherever yeah
0: Yeah. uh that's cool yeah alabama i have questions about that maybe (laughs) we'll we'll
1: chat (laughs) so
0: um how is your internship structured are you traveling or doing any virtual rotations
1: so all my rotations are in person um except for this one's been hybrid but um all my rotations are based in two cities so tuscaloosa which is where alabama is so there's hospitals in tuscaloosa that we get rotations at, and then also birmingham alabama which is about an hour away it's like the closest big city and they they split up our rotations in between those two places so um so not all of us are driving to Birmingham all the time. So half of our rotations will be in Birmingham. Half of our rotations will be in Tuscaloosa.
0: And then are you do, any any virtual or is it just all? Just this
1: one. Oh. It's all been in person. Okay.
0: Yeah. I guess you, you would consider this virtual even though you're yeah, a part of it. Hybrid. Yeah,
2: I just called it hybrid. I mean, I, a bit, the kind of what it is where yeah. it's partially in person, partially virtual. But, you know, a lot of the competencies can be met virtually yeah. and this kind of stuff you know, it was good to do in person. So,
0: so you're just sort of here out of coincidence because you're, you're home for the summer. You live in Jersey. Yeah. It's close enough to yeah. travel to. It's only
1: like 40 minutes away. Yeah. So, And
0: you arranged this through your school because it's, um, or how did, did you reach out to her directly?
1: I reached out to her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I found her on the academy directory.
2: Yeah. So the academy has a find a preceptor database that you could sign up for. And so my, I'm listed on there along with many other dietitians, yeah. but, um, it has like a bio of them and links and then a way to contact. So that's actually a lot of where I'll find my like interns from yeah. or that reach out to me as they find me through that database.
0: So is this your elective rotation? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's too clinical to food. The community is the one you're doing next.
1: Yeah. That's next semester. Do you yeah. know where you're going? I'm doing it at the Jefferson County department of health in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh. Um, so I don't really actually know what I'm going to be doing there yet, but <laughs>
0: <she'll find> out. <laughs> yeah, I'll
1: find out soon.
0: And then which ones have you done so far?
1: I've done one clinical, one food service, and then this one. So I've only done three so far.
0: Okay. So you don't know what's going on for the other ones. I guess they don't talk to you about that um, stuff in advance.
1: So I'm doing three next semester community. Um, my second clinical and my second food service. So that'll all be in the fall semester.
0: I'm curious about what you're going to do for research. Your research. I
1: Honestly, that's my last semester. I don't really know.
0: (laughs) Did you have one?
1: I didn't have a
2: research one, but they also had um, just built in having to do a research component, but it was more so on like a presentation. It wasn't like, yeah, I'm not really sure about that one, but (laughs) we'll see,
1: I guess. Yeah, It just
0: makes me wonder if you're going to be in like a food lab or something.
1: I think maybe Alabama has a food lab. That would be cool. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Lab
0: coated up with yeah. like the goggles and stuff. Yeah, that'd be awesome, like actually. I'm curious I now. I have no idea what they do, but <laughs> it's cool. I, I used to work for a company, Sodexo, that had food labs, and it, I was That's actually by so it. cool. It would be cool to, yeah. to do that sort of thing. But um, did you need to locate any of your preceptors for your rotations?
1: So, no. Actually, the only preceptor I had to locate was Felicia. Um, all the other ones, the program assigns us. Um, yeah. It makes it super easy. So man,
0: that's so convenient. Yeah. You're
1: it's just, really it's great. Yeah. A lot of the on site ones,
2: they do that. They'll set up your rotations for you, with the exception of maybe like an elective or um there's like sometimes an enrichment rotation where like you have to find a preceptor. Usually it's for a shorter time frame. Um and but the competencies can be a little bit more flexible. Um with distance programs, which is the one that I did, you had to set up all of your rotations. So everything from clinical to food service to community, which can make it really difficult to find that if there's, because programs like yours have contracts and and relationships with different hospitals and systems that they agree to just take interns. So definitely makes it a lot easier.
0: (laughs) I remember you having hot down stuff and some of the things coming down to the wire and it was stressful. It's like, it's so nice to have that just built into your yeah. program. That's crazy. That's great. Yeah, it is. I hope they keep developing stuff like that.
1: Yeah, they really should make it. I feel like it should be more of a normal thing to be in a coordinated program. I want to yeah. say
0: like, it's just weird how dietetics are set up that way to where like it becomes this, it's like a fight to, yeah. get, to get your degree. <laughs> it, <laughs> it
1: is. is. and then you,
2: <laughs> you can't really do much until you get the internship and then you do like, so you're kind of like stuck. I mean, you can get the bachelor's and, you know, a lot of times people will work at something like a WIC, yeah. but you know, it, it's, it's hard to really get a dietetics related position that's... More career based that you might be looking for just with having only the bachelor's.
0: Yeah, it's a shame that logistics becomes a barrier to a student who would otherwise be good academically or like with work ethic. Uh, are you are you working at all?
1: Um, I'm working in the summer, but when I'm in Alabama, it's really hard for me to work because I'm doing rotations, and when I'm not in rotations, I'm doing class or studying or doing work. So I don't really have the time to work, which kind of sucks because sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm kind of poor right now, <laughs> but... <laughs> Sometimes I'll DoorDash like in Tuscaloosa when I'm like, if I know I'm going somewhere, I'm like, I need money. So I'm going to like just do some DoorDashes. Yeah, but it, works, it yeah. does. Yeah. But at home I work. What do you do? I work at a boutique.
0: Like cosmetology or?
1: No, like a clothing store. Okay. Yeah. I, I see. Yeah. Gotcha. I work in retail.
0: The boutique where it threw me yeah. off. Of <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, actually, what that's
1: what I was thinking too. That's what I was just Sounds fancy. <laughs> yeah, but um, not
0: retail. Yeah, that's yeah. good
2: there's a lot of, you know, most, I would say most internship programs. So outside of like the undergrad, um, they'll recommend that you don't work during the internship, which isn't always feasible. You Another know, for logistical
0: people. barrier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And actually a, an intern that I'll probably be working with in a couple of months was talking about, you know, what do you have in terms of recommendations for people who maybe need to work or, you know, can they be part-time yeah. and You know, that is an option sometimes for internships that you could be part-time status. So then you could be working probably part-time or if it is a virtual rotation where the hours are flexible versus, you know, an onsite where you have to be there, you know, 6 to 2.30 or 8 to 4 kind of thing. Um, But that is another huge barrier is, you know, not people
1: being able to yeah to I wish work. I could work sometimes at least like a few days a week but it's like actually not possible <laughs> it really yeah. isn't
0: it's yeah really unless you I mean gig work is an option like DoorDash yeah. or yeah I guess stuff like that but uh you'd have to really yeah go you gotta like way. commit
1: to it that's why I only do it when I really need like extra money like if I'm going somewhere yeah yeah
0: I, I've never done it myself but I always hear that there are certain hours of the day they are yeah, really good money. Yeah. Like if you can just you can, do It's two. like peak
1: pay. They give you extra money if it's busier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe if you can sneak those hours yeah. in here and there, man, that is just, it's unfortunate, but yeah.
2: And the thing too, with like undergrad versus, you know, a traditional get your internship after is, you know, when you're an undergrad with being able to get like financial aid kinds of things yeah. and scholarships that with the internship, sometimes they offer, you know, scholarships and financial aid, but it's, not the same as being in like an undergrad full-time student because a lot of the internships, they don't qualify you as a full-time student. So another issue of like getting in.
0: Not to beat up too much on the process, but (laughs) that is, it's just, we've talked about it before. So uh, with the coordinated program, you didn't have to actually apply to your internship, which is amazing. What uh, what advice would you share with future students who are um, going to apply to a yeah. coordinate program?
1: Um, I would mainly say keep your grades up. That's the most important thing, um, especially in your nutrition classes. Um, that's definitely really important. Like that's what the number one thing I'd say they look at. I also had to take an admission exam. I don't know if other coordinated programs have to do that, but that was kind of stressful because I didn't really know what to study for, study with. So I guess just being, like, just, like, paying attention in class, like, knowing what you're doing, um, and also, like, making connections with the professors in, nutri- in the nutrition department at whatever coordinated program you're applying to. Um,
0: Always be networking. Yeah. A theme here in <laughs> My dietitian Journey.
1: Oh,
2: yes.
0: You did and, some, like, uh, extracurriculars, too, I guess, maybe? Yeah. Would you recommend some?
1: Um. I mean, Student Dietetic Association, if your school has one, is looks super great on an application. Um, volunteering. Um, yeah, just getting service hours and stuff like that just to make your application stand out. Um, and I guess a piece of advice I would have is I was really worried about coordinated program being way too difficult for me that I wouldn't be able to, like, balance everything. So I would just say, like, it most coordinated programs make your schedule is accommodating so that you can take classes and not be stressed out about having to go to rotations right after. So I would just say if you're on the fence about applying to a coordinated program, just apply.
2: That's good. Yeah. And the, you know, the thing with um, having experience is that's useful for obviously a lot of things, yeah. but um, building the connections with the faculty, like you mentioned, yeah. can be really helpful for getting like letters of recommendation. Yeah. So even if you're not in a coordinated program or you're just in your undergrad right now, and going to do the internship or planning to do the internship after, you're still going to need letters of recommendation. The GPA is still going to matter. The experience is still going to matter. So all these things are relevant for any kind of rotation that you're going to go into or internship program.
0: All right. So just to dig into your internship a little more, um, for the clinical that Mm -hmm. you did, what... What site did you go to? Was it a hospital?
1: Yeah, it was a hospital in Tuscaloosa. It's called DCH. It's 583 beds. That's what I got from the internet. That's I, a big don't, hospital. I don't know how right that is though, because it's actually the hospital is not that big. No? I don't know. I found that from the website, but I don't know how correct that is. Um, but like I said, I did Tuesday, Thursdays from eight to four. It was like for six weeks, I think. Um, yeah it was i actually really liked it
0: was it like a big sprawling campus with multiple buildings or just one
1: really like it had like it has like a cancer center and like general like an er general hospital i don't know i really feel like 583
0: beds is a lot right it is yeah that's a lot lot of beds i've been to a hospital that was like 480 or 500 beds lehigh valley uh hospital and it was enormous and i don't know if you got to look at the food service component but if you saw you know servers rolling in and out with yeah. carts like that's you know kind of an indicator i guess you could base i don't know well, you didn't do food service there you didn't do. no food i didn't
1: service. do it there yeah
0: so it was a clinical so you wouldn't have, i would so would did you do? Did you work with dietitians?
1: Yeah. So there was actually in the actual rotation, I went with six of the people in my group. So there were seven of us that were on say at this hospital, but we individually got to work with a dietitian in the the dietitian's office. There was like 10 dietitians that worked there. That's That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So we each got assigned to one and then we like worked with them. We did assessments. We saw patients. um, We did educations. Um, follow-up stuff like that we charted we learned how to chart on the computer Um, and we also had to do case studies so we'd pick we'd go see patients and we would pick a patient to do a case study on obviously anonymous HIPAA Um, (laughs) but we had to do a cardiovascular one a GI case study a renal case study and then a final one which is what we could do whatever we wanted
0: so was that just sort of an assessment of the patient's condition and a recommendation? Yeah.
1: So it was just a nutrition assessment and we'd have to like write about their disease state and, you know, um, figure out nutrition goals and interventions for them. So you followed the full like
2: nutrition care process yeah. for that? So we actually briefly talked about this before, but the nutrition care process involves the nutrition assessment, the diagnosis, so like a PES statement, um, which is nutrition related, uh, and then the monitoring, the intervention. So like it could be education, Mm -hmm. um, it could be like supplement based and then the monitoring and evaluation. So looking at like what kind of goals and how you would follow up with that patient. So that's something you would see pretty standard in clinical rotations is following that nutrition care process, but it'll also be in, like private practice kinds of things where the nutrition care process is followed. Yeah.
0: Did you, so you did some charting. Yes. And you were obviously have to go into their EMR to do that. Did you, was it Epic?
1: Um, I don't remember. Okay. That sounds familiar though.
0: Yeah. Epic is one of the big ones. There's a couple that are like really big. I actually
1: think, I think that was it. If I had to guess. (laughs) Any experience. Yeah. So like
0: if you dig into the EMRs more and like you get into Epic, if you, if your goal is to do clinical, that's probably one of the best things you can do is familiarize yourself with it and then long-term care is going to be separate and that's next semester
1: that's actually my last semester so i have one more semester which is clinical food service community and then the semester after that is um research long-term care yeah
0: okay and um do you have were there any highlights for the clinical piece like what was your favorite part of it
1: um i i liked my final case study a lot i enjoyed i did it on chemotherapy um chemotherapy induced malnutrition and i thought that was super interesting and i really enjoyed working on that case study
0: that's very niche in terms of like the way chemo impacts yeah patients and
1: i thought that was that's why i wanted to do it because i saw a patient and it was just super interesting how it was literally the chemotherapy that had caused it so she's like non-stop throwing up stuff like that yeah
0: yeah So do, do oncology departments typically have a a dedicated dietitian on staff for just that? Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Depending on the the size and if it's like an outpatient center or not, but usually there's a dietitian that's might be there full-time or part-time depending on the the client load. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's actually a few dietitians that I, that I know that work in oncology and it's specific to that. And a lot of times it's just trying to manage the symptoms of the chemotherapy, yeah. so like malnutrition being a huge issue, which then contributes to like you know malnutrition. When we talk about that, it's not just you know extreme weight loss that can happen, but nutrition deficiencies. Yeah. So what supplements could be appropriate at what point? You know maybe is tube feeding recommended or things like that. So yeah, there could be a lot going along with it. Um, you had mentioned that you're you're doing the inpatient you did the inpatient clinical, yeah. um, at that DCH, uh, regional hospital. Yeah. And then your second
1: clinical is going to be at a different
2: type yes. of site. So
1: it's actually at the VA hospital in Tuscaloosa, which I'm also doing my food service rotation there next semester. That's exciting. Yeah. It's a very different
2: population than yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, at sure. VA? yeah. Yeah. Of oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Be way different. So you, so you have you done
1: a food service? Yes, I did. I actually just finished my food service a month ago. Um, I stayed in Tuscaloosa for the month of May, and I drove every day to Birmingham from 7 to 3 for three weeks at Princeton Baptist Hospital in Birmingham, smaller hospital. Um did my food service there. Yeah.
0: And that was, um, like inpatient dining.
1: Yeah. So I did a lot of stuff when I was there. Um, most of, most of the stuff I did was just like kitchen work, like doing tray lines, um, putting like condiments on plates, like depending on, and supplements depending on their diet orders and stuff like that, delivering trays to patient rooms we did. Um, and then just like general, food service operations.
0: Did stuff. you do any weird projects or any kind of like specific?
1: No, not really. No. Um, it was, it was general, like just a lot of kitchen work. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you'll get that for your second rotation. Yeah, with I, being w- more I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to do more of like the management side. So I'm hoping that my next one is more. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm surprised because usually I used to work in food service management. I, I had a an intern, like every time they did a food service rotation, yeah. they are with me for like a week. And I guess because you're doing multiple that they'll, the objectives yeah, will be different. Yeah, I
1: think it'll be like food service too will be a little bit more like, I in guess. Yeah, in depth. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because typically with like the food service rotations, that that is a big piece of it. You know, the kitchen work, observing being a part of, yeah. you know, what the flow looks like, but then, you know, temperature checks. I mean, for me, it was also um, menu planning. Yeah. I was in a, uh, a school uh, food oh, service operation, that's cool. um, but then like recipe testing yeah. and then the admin side of things. So like working with, you know, purchasing inventory,
1: um, the admin of like answering phone calls yeah. and things like that. But I did some inventory, but nothing like, nothing really like meal planning or anything. That, that sounds cool though. I wish I did that.
0: Yeah, I would assume probably for the next one you'll work. Yeah, more I'm with.
1: hoping. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then at, you'll end up. I there is an element of being a liaison between the food service department and nursing and yeah. other departments, and having to like coordinate communication. Too, right, because that becomes a challenge. Nursing and dietetics sort of don't always clash well, or like not nursing, but the way care is being administered up on the floors versus how patients perceive food and what yeah. they're, they should be eating and you've dealt with that in the call center when you worked there yeah there can be some tension usually you end up having to go up and talk to a patient yeah. obviously it was as a dietetic student you'd have ample experience to explain it and articulate it even better than, right. yeah, than a manager would
2: and it depends too like you know a friend of mine is uh still ter- currently a dietitian, but works as a nurse now and the perspective she's told me has changed you know because the what you're doing as a nurse is obviously vastly different than as dietitian, but also, you know, what is priority in terms of like care? Sometimes it's not necessarily worrying that the patient didn't eat yet, but it's their blood pressure tanking and things like that. And so, you know, being able to have that open line of communication is is still going to be really key there too. Yeah.
0: So, uh, did you have any highlights or standouts from your food service rotation? Any key moments or like, you know, interesting pieces?
1: Um, I guess just when we did get to do like management stuff, like when we did inventory and we learned about purchasing and stuff like that, I would say that was the best part, but that was only like one or two days out of my rotation. Um, but I enjoyed that part. I thought that was super interesting.
0: So did this place have like big storage rooms with tons of product? It yeah. Was about managing yeah. that. Did you, did you go through any ordering or any kind of inventory we management? We were
1: shown the process of how they do it, but we didn't like really get to do it ourselves. Yeah.
0: You're not missing much. <laughs> they, they they refer to that that ordering process as like counting beans. You yeah. know, you've got a par, it's like three cases on the shelf. I need four, I order one. Yeah. Just doing that for hundreds of items. Oh yeah. That's all it really yeah. comes down to there's a piece here for you to speak about working with kids. Hello, uh, we have yes. a
2: script. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so I I was at a, a school district for my food service rotation, but mine was also combined with school nutrition mm-hmm. education. So I did get to work oh, with like super
1: cool. kids yeah. a lot
2: more. Um, and we talked about this on the podcast with Sophie that I dressed up as a Pea pod you and did. a banana. <laughs> That's amazing. And handed out stickers because it was like <laughs> National School Lunch Week. So anyone who had like a fruit or vegetable got that like is a so sticker. fun. Um, so that was really fun. But it was, I liked the perspective. Mm-hmm. It was very different than working in clinical. Yeah, I had been a, like a food nutrition aide, so I was able to see kind of the hospital based food service aspect of it. But being in a school system was a lot different because there was more of the menu planning right. and this, you know, school nutrition menu cycle. And, you know, so there's some stuff that overlapped. But, you know, being able to like work one on one with like classrooms and the kids. Yeah, that is so was fun.
1: I would have fun. enjoyed that.
0: Maybe some other I don't know. I guess you're kind of locked into. It. Maybe yeah, you'll I'm get
1: locked in. Like <laughs> yeah. So,
0: well, you so you're gonna do your community rotation next, right? Yeah,
1: that's next for me when I go back to school.
0: And do you know where you're going? And um,
1: yeah, Jefferson County Department of Health. Yeah, in about, Birmingham. Of course. Yeah, but I really don't know what I'm gonna be doing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. I tried to find information about what I'll be doing, but I really couldn't.
0: What What was yours?
1: So I was at Wick, in
2: right. The nice part of philly wick <laughs> um and so yes. which
0: were you what was it north philly
2: yeah it's was north philly. Yeah. <laughs> um which uh, the people were super nice yeah. down there but um you know maybe not the greatest area <laughs> um but the the thing with wick and my rotation was actually four weeks mm-hmm. at wick which i've probably said to everyone that i've had in the practice that four weeks is a really long time at WIC. And even the staff there was like, what are you going to do for four weeks? <laughs> like you're going to learn everything in two Every days. Day? Yes. Oh, It was 160 hours. So was um,
0: it just repetitive?
2: Yes. So I had a couple of competencies, but um, they did. So when they got their, when uh, the, the individuals came in to get their WIC checks at certain times, they would also need to meet like required to meet with the nutritionist. And they called them nutritionists because um, there was a dietitian there, but most of them were like had a bachelor's in nutrition or something like that. So they weren't all dietitians. And some people really enjoy that. And some people wanted no parts of working with a nutritionist when they came in. They just wanted their WIC check. Um, so there was, you know, that aspect where not everybody was coming back yeah. to actually have a session. So most of the time they'd be just kind of like hanging out. Um like the actual employees there. And then I did do an in-service for the staff on like trends in nutrition that they might come across. And I did a um, a poster board about nutrition related problems. Mm-hmm. And then I had like a, an assignment where I had to, you know, identify an issue. So I actually did it on the baby friendly um, feeding initiative. So like with um, like breastfeeding Versus the emphasis on like formula in hospitals and what are considered like baby-friendly hospitals where they emphasize breastfeeding um, and don't just give somebody you know like formula right away. Um, so that was super interesting. But if it rained, nobody came. Like literally, nobody <laughs> came to the I mean, site.
0: So that seems to be a, a sort of a theme with a lot of a lot of um, I don't want to call it elective healthcare. I guess it would be where you don't need to come in. So right now, I'm at a a, a pain management practice and if it rains there's a lot of no-shows which is weird i'm not a lot but there's a few and so you went to north philly Mm -hmm. it's sort of an impoverished area somewhat like the 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 level of um, poverty is is higher there there's more crime and that's in my opinion that's important exposure
2: Yeah, it was definitely important exposure. And it was definitely something because you had a very diverse group of individuals that came through. There was individuals who were um, they had just recently moved here from another country. They were living with family and, you know, they were getting weak, but they were English was not their first language. And there was like, I really just need assistance kind of thing. And and then you see a lot of um, iron deficiency Mm -hmm. as a big thing and then breastfeeding issues, too. And so that was another huge thing that, you know, that was a space that I wasn't as familiar with, but also with working with kids, some people came in with their kids. And so it was you know, managing an appointment with giving education, but also having you know, a little toddler going around and yeah. stuff. So, um, <laughs> but then you'd also have people who came in with multiple children um, and just a very, very broad look and how you approach conversations, I think was super important to that, not looking down on individuals and that this was, they're here cause they need help and they're looking for assistance. And so to be demeaning or anything like that is, you know, not.
0: But that was probably a more challenging piece of your internship as a whole.
2: Yes. I think the, how you came across the education piece was probably the the biggest challenge because from who I'd been working with before was a very different demographic and how you spoke to different individuals was a lot different. So I think that that was a a big learning experience of like how people communicated in those different settings that was different than I was used to.
0: Yeah, I I would make the case that one of the most um, valuable pieces of any learning experience, your internship or whatever it ends up being, is the part that really pushes your boundaries and challenges you to think different and really puts you on your toes in terms of the way you go about things you've done a hundred times, but now it's different because of these variables. And the more that you get that, especially from your internship while you're a student and there's low pressure because it's not like it's your business, it's your livelihood. You're an intern. You can just yeah. kind of have the experience and learn and, and fail if it comes to it. The, the, say, the saying is uh, fail early and often. So like yeah, the yeah. more uncomfortable <laughs> conversations you have, the better it. Yeah, you get it. Definitely. Being comfortable in them.
2: Yeah. that's what, uh, I've said to Christina a few times with like counseling sessions is that it's better to just give it a practice now and you're not going to be good at it. I wasn't good at it when yeah. I started and I was lucky in the positions that I had when I finished my internship that I was able to have like some low stakes practice right. versus someone just jumping right into the field as like a paid position or, you know, accepting insurance or self-paying clients that there's a lot more pressure right. to, yeah. to do well and have a good appointment versus, you know, the practice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Any kind of practice environment is yeah. just, it's so valuable. Just the, the walls are padded when you're, you know, you're not yeah, going to exactly. hurt anybody. You're gonna, you're, uh, <laughs> it's easier to just get through that stuff when you're still learning. Um, so you're currently in your elective rotation yes, with Felicia, mm-hmm. which is 200 hours. It's like five weeks. Yes. Really? Yes. And it's been with you the whole time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to continue after this or is this toward the end or?
1: Nope. She's got a couple more weeks left. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So. Um, what would you say has been the most Valuable your favorite. Piece yeah, so, far.
1: so when I was picking my elective rotation, I really wanted to do a private practice because we don't really get that experience within my program. Um, so I've really enjoyed like doing stuff that I would never have done. in like if I did some, my ro- elective rotation somewhere else, um, like practicing counseling, like you mentioned before, that's not something I get to do very often. So I feel like I've just been gaining skills that I would have never got to experience otherwise.
2: And the thing with them, so just as an overview of what I usually do with uh, working with interns, uh, social media. Mm -hmm. So Christina has been writing um, and creating like graphics for social media, uh, blog writing. So there's a blog scheduled that'll be. Um, out that Christina uh, worked on newsletter development and then presentations. So we just did a a recipe demo. Yeah. Super fun. (laughs) Yeah. And and then we're going to do a presentation on the connection between nutrition and depression. Um, So that'll be in July. Yes. Um, And then the mock session. So one thing with having a virtual practice is it could be difficult to have interns you know, present during those appointments if they're virtual Mm -hmm. themselves. Um, So unless they're, you know, physically on site, it's a little harder to observe counseling sessions. Um, So we've been doing mock sessions. So this is usually what I'll do is I'll set up, you know, a case study based on a client with, you know, the HIPAA stuff all modified and whatnot. Um, But then doing a mock session, so taking on whatever that persona is for that client. And then, the other thing, too, is Christina got the opportunity to work with a health coach, um, and they're going to actually swap sessions. So Christina did a practice session with the health coach. And then the next one this week, you're going to be yeah. the receiving end, um, the coachee uh, with the working client. With, yep, the client <laughs> and so it'll be a different perspective. Yeah. And then uh, Christina is going to do another. Uh, session with that health coach. So it's a good way for them both to practice, but also seeing the different perspective and style, of, yeah. you know, coaching versus, you know, medical nutrition therapy.
0: So do you have any inkling of desire to consider a private practice for yourself as a side hustle or anything? Yeah,
1: maybe one day. Um, I mean, I like I said, I kind of want to do clinical first. I know like some people don't want to do clinical right out of um, college just because it's kind of the cliche. But I think that's what I'll probably end up doing once I graduate. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe in the future.
2: One of the things, too, Christina, you had mentioned was um, I had been building a couple new assignments for, for interns uh, this last working yeah. with you anyway and so one of the things was having christina look at different um private practices that are out there for dietitians and then like non-nutrition professionals um and one of the things you had brought up was about you know that there's these larger practices yeah. with dietitians and so it's not just a matter of you having to start your own practice but you can also work join in a, a private practice yeah. yep So that was just something else with looking at different um, opportunities. to to go to work with? Yeah, I think that would be super cool, yeah.
0: To work with a practice like virtually or...
2: Yeah. On-site or virtually. So like, you know, practices they'll hire. I was, we were talking about this hiring dietitians, but, um, some it's, of them are face to face. Some of them are virtual. Um, but some larger companies where they have like 30 or 40, like a fleet yeah. of dietitians, a um, fleet so that's a the technical fleet. term for multiple dietitians. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was a flock a few years ago <laughs> that changed it. There's uh, dietitians on demand, right? Yep. They're like hiring dietitians now to, to be part of their fleet. And yes. <laughs> to go see patients for them, I guess there's a virtual component to that too.
2: Yeah. It's, so it's a hundred percent virtual. Um, the new piece that they've just kind of unveiled was the virtual counseling. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Hey, if you have been working on site, you know, so at a long-term care facility and you're, the need to you know send clients to a dietitian that's outpatient you can now be hired as one of our dietitians and see them virtually or you know refer to someone within that network of dietitians on demand so it's a great idea
0: and so. you're you're doing some stuff right now you have like a contract with are we not allowed to talk about?
2: Them? We're allowed I just I can't I probably can't say like the name of everything, but sure, yeah. um but next week I'm starting a contract with a a company where I'll be there. It's a, a hospital system, but it's um an outpatient focusing on um, bariatric surgery, so like pre- or post surgery. I'm not exactly sure. And it's virtual. Um, yeah, so I'm on site two days just because they requested um, if I could, and the rest is all virtual. So oh, that's awesome. But they have a if you sign up for their, alerts. They have tons and tons of contracts that come out in all different states, some virtual, some on-site, everything from like long-term care. This was one of the more recent ones that I saw that was more focused on outpatient, but a ton of long-term care. Um, and usually it's anywhere from like a couple weeks to maybe a month. And if it's a travel position where you have to relocate, there's often funding there and yeah, bonuses and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so
0: Just an interesting option in terms of private practice. You can sort of be a freelance dietitian. Just pick the stuff up if you want. So, do you have any words of advice for um, interns who are looking for a private practice? uh, What what is it? Was a rotation? Yeah, yeah, as they're elected.
1: Um, I guess I would just say manage your time wisely, especially if you're virtual. Like most days, I'm virtual, so just making sure you stay on top of everything. You know, taking breaks when needed. Just trying to have a schedule, stay organized and on top of your assignments, for sure. That's what I would say. Yeah, and
2: it's the one thing that I do with working with interns is they all get set up on Google Drive, Google Keep. So Christina's got like a schedule task list for the day, what meeting dates and times we have. So we have a, a meeting pretty much every day, unless you're on site, like a virtual check-in. Sometimes it's 15 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, uh, but those are on Christina's schedule and then like different assignment-based stuff as to what she'll work on that might be related to competencies or things that we're doing. So we're, we're working, Christina has been working on the outline for the depression um, and nutrition connection presentation that she's going to be doing. So, um, but even though it's organized, it's still organization for Christina yeah. <laughs> time management on her end too. Cause I'm not, you know, sitting there and looking at her,
1: you yeah. know, the entire
2: eight hours right. <laughs> of the day. Um, and one thing I, I've said to Christina too of uh, interns is, really coming prepared with questions yeah. and then also being open to feedback because I give, I know I give lots of feedback and if you're in a an internship, yeah. you know, you're learning and so being open yeah, to that.
0: Yeah, guys, she's brutal. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> I probably <laughs> am. At some point, <laughs> no, I was, no, no. said to Christina, I was like, I hope this is okay.
1: <laughs> don't mean to just be highlighting all no. these things. It's not, it's not brutal. I need feedback.
0: So you have your own setup at home when you're a virtual yeah. intern. Do yeah. you have any advice in terms of organizing your physical space when you're doing a virtual session Um, like that
1: i mean i try not to sit in bed because that makes me want to fall asleep um so i guess just like if you don't have like a desk just finding a table and a chair in your house or like sitting outside i sometimes sit outside and do work um just an environment that you feel comfortable in
0: yeah because that could be a challenge if you're not used to working from yeah i've
1: never done that before i've this is my first time working virtual other than like when COVID happened in school but that was different. Like actually doing work every every day.
0: Oh, can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was
0: your experience? So you were in college during the peak of COVID or Yeah, so
1: it was my sophomore year. So March twenty twenty, I it was in Alabama. We got sent home for spring. We were it was just spring break and then they were like, Oh, never mind, don't come back. Yeah. So you
0: were in Jersey doing classes. Well, virtually, we or? kind
1: of knew that like we got sent our spring break started like March thirteenth. So like that's the day that everyone was like going crazy yeah so we kind of had a feeling we weren't gonna come back after spring break so I went home and then me and my mom had to book a flight so I could get all my stuff because I left all my stuff there so I had no clothes so I had to book a flight and then we drove back with all my stuff because my car was there too so yeah it was a mess and then after that I just did all my classes from home
0: and so, yeah, March 13th was the day. Yeah, like I'll never yeah. forget that day. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that was a Friday, wasn't it? I, I, I think, think so, because that was yeah. the day spring break started. So yeah. I'm assuming that it's it was funny, a Friday. That fell on the same we, Friday the 13th. <laughs> I just <laughs> realized Friday.
0: that.
1: Because
2: we went on spring break for um, for Bucks, too. And it was that Friday and everyone's like, eh, we'll be back. It's not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, that's no. what everyone saying. Spring I was like, break. We I don't know about that. Another week. Two years later. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty
0: much. That was my mom's birthday. And then we had a, we were at your house for like your parents' house for your house. You live here. This is our house. (laughs) We, we, it was our last social event. And then all of a sudden, bam, the world shut down. Yeah. So you were just doing your classes as, well, they, I guess, modified the classes to be virtual.
1: Yeah, that's how it worked. So, like, all my tests were online. Like, I mean, like, everything continued as normally, like, online. I mean, not normally, but, like, same schedule, like, same lectures, everything. Class times were mostly the same, just on Zoom.
0: At what point were you, was that your, I'm sorry, was it your second year, first year? Second year. Second year. Yeah. And you had to, uh, it was 100% virtual from your house in Jersey Jersey. Yeah. I guess it was all like zoom and stuff. It was just like high school would have been right. Where they just, yeah, my brother was over. in his
1: senior year of high school and his, all his stuff was on zoom. That's Crazy. rough. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He didn't even get a graduation. So that's a shame. Yeah. I felt so bad for the, yeah.
0: Some of the guys I work with at the firehouse, they, they were the 2020 class and yeah. it's just, that's just such a shame, but yeah, at least the world's getting back to normal now.
2: Yeah. Thankfully. Did you find with that immediate shift to virtual, you know, cause I had it from a perspective of an educator yeah, <laughs> and not as a student. And so like, did you find that with that shift, like was your education kind of seamless or did you find that there were like, you know, issues with kind of the learning? Honestly,
1: it was easier. <laughs> like no, I didn't have to wake up at like I had Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 8am that semester. So that was nice. Like not having to wake up early to do work every day. I felt like it was more relaxed which like at that time I was still a nursing major. So I was still like taking, I was in like anatomy too, which was like, and like a really hard math class. So I think it was just like, it felt more relaxed, but at the same time it like, I wanted to be back at school. Like I wasn't supposed to be home. So it, it sucked, but you know, it's all okay now.
0: Do you feel that you still got value out of the education during that time? Like in terms of the material?
1: Honestly, not really. Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> yeah. had a feeling.
0: I didn't want nothing to say. Was it was like sucked, but, you
1: know. Yeah, no, not really. Cuz it was like they post they would post vid, like lecture videos for most of my classes so like it was just you watch on your own time. Like it just didn't there wasn't no like professor student connection whatsoever if that makes sense. Yeah. That's a big thing with
2: engagement and engaging online yeah. students especially if it's pre-recorded lectures like how do you actually engage them if you don't have that interaction? that live interaction, yeah. did you find,
1: cause I assume then you were virtual for your fall semester? Actually, um, no, I wasn't, Alabama was, well, it was like most, I still went back to Alabama for junior year. Um, most of my classes were hybrid. Actually my only class that was in person was my intro to nutrition class, which is like kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, like I was taking microbiology that semester that was online. Mostly everything was online or hybrid.
2: OK, just curious, because, you know, 2020, a lot of instructors like I, I had been teaching online already, so I was comfortable with the flip. Yeah. But a lot of instructors were like learning how to do everything online at the same time of like there's a global pandemic <laughs> happening. Yeah. And so I think that there was a lot of it's almost like completely understandable. And, you know, from the instructor perspective, a lot of my students were just like they were working when they didn't, you know, kids were home. And so there was so much else to take into consideration than them, yeah. them needing to be in school live they now had to work and take after the yeah. kids and whatnot and so it's almost like i gave everybody kind of it's almost like a pass you know march 2020 to <laughs> graduation because yeah. you, know, you still want them to learn you yeah. get what they're they're paying for but at the same time it's just mentally chaotic too so
1: i think a lot of the professors at alabama though were like very accommodating like if since like some of my classes were in person that semester um like if you had to miss like it wasn't a big deal. Like if you were feeling COVID systems, they were like, don't come, like do not come. So they did a good job about like, you know, being accommodating, but you know, it did change a lot. It really did, yeah.
0: So you're gonna have your master's at the end of this, um, or your coordinating it's, The too? timeline's
1: kind of complicated. So um, I'm graduating with my bachelor's in December. I'll be finished with my coordinated program in May of 2023. And I'm getting my master's December 2023. Oh, okay. So,
0: so yeah, you'll have it 20, yeah end of by the end of
1: 2023, yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about when you might schedule to take the RD exam based on all that? I am hoping the summer after I finish my coordinated program. So, like, I, I'll finish in May 2023. So, hopefully that summer I'll
2: okay. take my so exam. So, that would be before
1: you finish your yeah. master's because you'll still be in that window. Yeah, of, so I can technically still... Take the exam
0: so you want to take the exam before you actually finish your master's yeah right? do you have any exposure to the exam at this point what to study any kind of not
1: yet <laughs> i'm like kind of putting it off until i yeah, until at least like I graduate with my bachelor's and then I feel like I can start really studying.
0: I don't blame you. I'm sure you got enough on your plate. Yeah,
1: I do. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, the only
2: thing I did during my internship, which again, my internship was after and then I didn't do my finish my master's because I had grad credits during my internship, mm-hmm. but I didn't finish my master's until a year after that. Yeah. And I'd like to like
1: have a job and then like be working on my master's at the same time make sense
2: yeah but what, all i did during my internship was like make note cards from like a study guide that i had just periodically but it was more like a mindless kind of thing to yeah. fill the time because you're just you're doing all this especially with right. what you're doing too it's like you're doing all the things you're learning at the same yeah. time and you're you know trying to just be a person yes. <laughs> maybe have a social <laughs> life too so yeah <laughs> it's a lot to manage that if you don't really start studying until after your internship that's fine just yeah. soak up all the knowledge during that's so. the plan
1: yeah
0: So now that the master's degree is a requisite of being an RD, and that's also sort of the bar for teaching nutrition at the college level. Yes. I wonder if at any point in the future, they'll have a rotation for education, or at least have that as an option, like a nutrition education. Oh,
1: interesting. That'd be interesting.
2: There was a nutrition education component in my undergrad, and then it was also tied into my uh, internship because we had a component that was school nutrition education. So we had to write, I had to write two lesson plans for that rotation. So it was a component of one of the classes that I took to learn how to write like a learning objective and whatnot. Yeah. So I had, which was nice also working at a nonprofit, like a YMCA, I was able to practice writing lesson plans already and then have that a little bit more formalized in like the education, but that's not a part of every program that, you know, with something like teaching opportunities you go into it and they like, sometimes we'll just hand you a textbook and a syllabus and (laughs)
1: tell you to go at it. (laughs) I took a nutrition education class last semester and we, it was like a group project based class. So we all like were in a group And we picked a topic and like a target audience that we were presenting the education to. And it was like the whole semester we worked on the project. That's so, yeah, it was a fun class.
2: I actually, I can see my nutrition education textbook (laughs) that I kept from my undergrad over there. And it was, it was really helpful because it was identifying your target audience and then tailoring your lesson to that target audience. And there was like small group, large group, you know, individual kinds of stuff. And, um, reading the demographic like understanding the yeah that was like a really important
1: aspect of it was that it had to like the education you were providing had to be like we like mine for example was sodium intake for older adults so like we had to like cater the project to like the elderly yeah
2: yeah it's gonna look a lot different exactly exactly you know nutrition students or even kids yeah
1: exactly
0: I wonder if one day they'll, because this, where it's two clinical, two food, one community, one long-term care, one research, one elective, is that specific to her program or is that sort of a general?
2: There are, so uh, the way that Christina's is split up might be more like coordinated programs just in terms of the timeframe and when like her food services is is split in different um, sections or different semesters. My food service, food service, clinical and community are the three components. So there's there are internship requirements that you have to meet in certain competencies from the CDR. So the way that that's designed can look a lot different. So long-term care is
0: not a requirement. Research is not a requirement to satisfy the
2: long-term care is with um, my rotation. It was just lumped under clinical. So it was clinical inpatient outpatient separate and hers is is separate.
0: Okay. So yours didn't have it didn't draw a distinction between long-term care and clinical.
2: Yeah, I said uh, long-term care, but it was a component under what they classified as just clinicals. Okay, so yeah,
0: I wonder if one day they'll cut something out or maybe reduce something to include. do you in your opinion, as a as a dietitian who has had exposure to many of the elements of professionalism of dietetics, do you think it would make sense to include? a nutrition education rotation in the internship process?
2: Yeah, I think for my my food service management rotation was 13 weeks, which was pretty lengthy, but 2 weeks of that were school nutrition ed. I don't think that my food service was compromised in doing 2 weeks of school nutrition ed. So I think that there's I think clinical absolutely you need that time, you know, cuz you're it's not just that you're learning clinical, you're learning medical nutrition therapy yeah. and disease states, and so that's a huge part of any job that you're going to work in. So that I think will definitely stay, if not, maybe get longer. Um, I think the outpatient part of that might build out a little bit. Um, Like mine, I had two weeks outpatient at a um, eating disorder uh, facility that was also a mental health facility too. It was behavioral health. Um, So that I think will end up being a little bit more built out with rotations, but there are programs like the Complete Business dietetic Internship that we've had KBDI. Yes. Lots of interns with so far. And I have a few coming up that they have the food service, the clinical community, but a big part of theirs is also the business rotation. That's cool. So it's built in. So I think that the, I think down the line, the internship's going to change where there's going to be a little bit more focus on, uh, like private practice or entrepreneurship, and then probably more on the education piece of like, you know, school nutrition ed or higher ed or something like that built in a little bit more too. I think that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. I would, I think it would be, I think it's almost going to become a necessity at some point.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: And then, so you'll have your master's, you'll, that's, that's the minimum requirement to teach at like the community college level, I guess for nutrition.
2: Yeah. So community college, the university level, um, it depends on the program, but usually you can have just a master's, but usually you can't End up getting full professor. Um, usually, then you need to be in a doctorate program or, or oh, already okay. have your um, your PhD at that point. But um, master's requirement for like community college. Um, but usually, you could
0: be adjunct at a university with the master's.
2: Yeah. So the the positions that I had seen more recently were you can have a master's. They preferred PhD, um, but if you were applying for like a tenure position, you needed to have a PhD or be in progress to get one.
0: So mm-hmm. as a as a possible career option, have you considered uh, higher education teaching nutrition?
1: Um, I mean, i I think maybe I've never really thought about it. Actually, I think maybe, I don't really want to go and get my PhD as of now. Right. But you know, you yeah. never know. Well, I'm open to master's. anything. Yeah. Yeah, you could still oh, teach. Yeah. So
0: like she teaches at uh, community college. Yeah, yeah,
1: like that's super cool. Maybe, maybe one day. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah.
0: I always. What's interesting to me about dietetics as a career is that. It's surprising that you guys have a lot of options for like a side gig.
1: There's a lot of options, yeah.
0: Between the short-term contracts, stuff that you, you've picked up, one of those, just starting a private practice, yeah. whether or not you accept insurance, being able to pick up an online class in a university. This is stuff that I don't know if it's a focus during undergrad or during the internship or not, but there's a lot of opportunity to just start your little side hustle yeah. and just earn extra income or expose yourself to more avenues of income generation
2: absolutely yeah and there's so many you know the thing that's really great about dietetics is there are so many avenues for career paths and you know i think a lot of times there's which is where that kind of issue comes in of only focusing it on clinical but there's opportunities like you're going to be at a va hospital which i think is a great opportunity too but working with the va or there's dietitians that are in the military that work also as a dietitian. And then there's opportunities for like contracts with large corporations or working as a, uh, a dual dietitian and food service manager yeah. combined. Or then there's also the opportunity of, you know, teaching and there's so many opportunities so many that you can go with that. It's, you know, a great, have film. you had a
0: business class?
1: No, actually do ne- you, never.
0: Do you have any consideration for,
1: I like, I, I, Wish I could I just don't really like like there's no I wish I could like fit a business class in my schedule, but like I'm already behind, so mm-hmm. I'm like
0: yeah,' because of starting as a nurse yeah, so um any were any of the nursing classes or nursing material do you feel any of that was applicable to
1: actually a lot of the prerequisites for nursing like anatomy one and two organic chemistry chemistry one um, microbiology they were all classes i had to take for nutrition
0: oh so a lot of it just transferred over anyway yeah a lot of it did what did you take that wasn't directly applicable to the well i didn't
1: mention this but i actually applied to all my schools as a political science major oh very different yeah yeah so i was just taking like random classes like electives that i needed like cause it was a bachelor of arts. So it was a lot of like, I had to take like an art class and like just stuff that I didn't need to take for nutrition. So I just, it was a lot of like elective classes that were just not relevant. And now they just sit on my, on my transcript (laughs) with no application to my actual degree.
0: You're, uh, I'm in the same boat and I'm sure a lot of people are as well. That's what happens when you're not sure what you want to do. That's not a big deal. Do you, so you have an interest in politics?
1: I, I kind of want, I wanted to be like, the president? I had a dream of being like a political journalist Oh. when okay. I was, but like, I always in the back, like I know I said, I always wanted to do healthcare, which is true. I just, at first I was too scared to do it. So I was like, let me just apply to all my schools as political science. Cause I'm interested in that. And then I just like was not into it. And then you can imagine in Alabama, how political science classes are. I
0: would assume it's very <laughs> one-dimensional in terms of.
1: Yeah, it's it's just a lot. Um, but then I was like, okay, I just want to do something I actually like healthcare, which I had always been had in the I always had in the back of my mind. So I just switched to nursing, and then eventually nutrition.
2: Very cool. Yeah, that's funny though, because when I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to be a judge. That was my <laughs> what I wanted to be. And then I was like, I want to be a lawyer
1: didn't really know much about it. I also, it. Then, <laughs> I thought about going to law school too, but I was like, there's no way. I, I did mock trial
2: and I hated it.
1: I hated I took everything in high about school. it. And I was like, I have
2: not, this is not my, yeah. my pathway. <laughs> so.
0: We have never talked about that. I have some questions now.
2: <laughs> I don't know why. I think, I think cause it was like the glorified, like being a judge and like, you look a know. little bit
0: like a judge right now.
2: I probably <laughs> do with my, you know, black sweater. It's on. like a robe. But it's funny because I think if if I hadn't gone into nursing or nutrition, I think at teaching was the thing that I was probably most drawn to. But like K to twelve, like yeah, kids.
0: <laughs> Which is ironic because that's the opposite of who you teach now.
2: I know, yeah, yeah, that's, and it's, it's true. It's <laughs> funny because I always said like when I used to work at the the Y, a nonprofit community center, I loved working with kids i would do like school aged care like, after school yeah. program nutrition lessons and i worked with like little kids in child care where i'd show them like what different fruits and vegetables were or i worked with a couple of um other child care centers when i was a retail dietitian in a supermarket and i would i have all of these kids nutrition books because of that because i would read them a story That's and so then they would cute. try a healthy recipe yeah. or like try an apple for the first time and so i don't know i i very much Love the vibe with kids. It's very different than adults though. Yeah. Well
0: if you ever have a late late career change later in life, maybe you'll go back to law school and, and become a judge <laughs> one day.
2: Who knows? Maybe healthcare uh healthcare yeah, law I think yeah. is a big area. There's like one dietitian that I know that also has a law degree. I don't even know what i I actually but,
1: have heard of that before. Like someone that was in C P was actually went and did that. Like she became a dietitian and became a lawyer.
0: So, there's, there's a crossover between law and dietetics. Apparently. Too, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: can, be, right. can be anywhere. Well, she, she wanted to do else. like community nutrition, like laws, like policy mm-hmm. making, and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. that's yeah. what I
2: thought of when you said uh, political science. My mind went to like advocacy yeah. and. Um, you know, that kind of aspect of, of dietetics. So, which is a much needed field.
1: Yeah.
0: Something else is probably, probably underserved. I would assume given that there's so much needed to really get into that as a dietitian and someone who, yeah,
1: that sounds like a lot of, a lot of work. (laughs) Maybe later.
0: Yeah. Any, um, any closing thoughts, words of advice Um, for students, interns?
1: Yeah. I would just say from my experience, um. I know I going into college like scared little girl like being scared of what was going to happen like how hard classes were going to be not being not thinking that I would not be able to handle it just go for it do something that you actually enjoy doing it's worth it
0: be bold yeah jump in head first <laughs> throw your ambi- your your uh, inhibitions to the wind More exactly cliches <laughs> yes what, what do you think
2: and always be networking yeah yeah <laughs> always network in
0: college is the most important time to do that. You're meeting people who are going to be the next wave of professionals. The more people you get to know, the more people you can stay in touch with, the more connections you have. Everyone's gonna go get their degree, get a job somewhere. Now you know X, Y, and Z person at this or that company. And uh, it sounds sounds bad if you think about it on the surface level. It's like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But if you consider the way things work in the business world, if you have a connection with someone, a a warm introduction, people who can help you meet other people, it makes all the difference. Cold calling is like the worst version of like sales you can do. If people don't know you, they don't care about you. So if people know you, immediately you're someone in their brain that is, you know, of significance. It, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I know absolutely. it's a joke yeah. for us here, but like that's, but it's very true. That's so important.
2: Yeah. The only other thing that I would say is just a word of advice. Cause we've talked about, you know, intern programs and what, you know, people have learned and uh, students have learned and tips and stuff like that. The only other thing I would say is just, even if it's a rotation that you're, not loving, you could still gain something from it, whether it's related to nutrition or whether it's communication skills, like you can always learn something from it and to take it as a learning experience because you never know down the line. Maybe that's a connection that you'll end up having or you'll cross paths because the field is oh so small. And I've learned that just recently with the contract that I am going into next week. And so just you know keep an open mind with it and that Even if someone is at the same place, they are going to have a different perspective and opportunity and learning uh, experience than you.
0: Words of wisdom. So that's, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us, right, here at the My Dietitian Journey podcast. Thank you, Christina. Of course. Thank you, guys. It's been great. Yeah. And uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much.